travel, it's one of life's greatest pleasures. When we journey abroad, we discover new places and meet fascinating people, but we also gain perspective and take on a wider view of the world around us. That was Trevor Ranges, and I'm Scott Coates. After more than 25 years living and working in Asia, we've developed an amazing network of interesting characters throughout the region. Talk Travel Asia is our way of sharing them with you. Plug in and get connected to hot tips, interesting perspectives, and expert travel advice as we cultivate travel insight through intelligent conversation. Welcome to Talk Travel Asia. This is episode 22. Man, we're getting up there in numbers pretty quick. This one is the Planet D. And uh, the Planet D, they are an adventure travel company from Canada, Dave and Deb, who have made a full-time career in life out of traveling around the world and documenting it for others. So we're going to bring them in in a bit and talk about how they got into that and how they manage uh, such a business and lifestyle. So from Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, this is Scott Coates and my co-host is always... Trevor Ranges, and I'm back home in Bangkok for this episode. Nice, nice. How are things there? Uh, pretty good. You know, we got uh, semi-wintery weather. You know, it comes and goes, but it's uh, kind of cool this morning. No snow, right? No snow, but I hear <laughs> Deb and Dave, they're, uh, they're back in Canada now, uh, which is uncommon for them because they're always on the road. But uh, yeah. yeah, I'm a little jealous of them having some snow there in Canada. Sure, sure. So, I mean, many years ago, you and I made travel kind of our life and our career and our lifestyle at a certain point. But uh, it differs from Dave and Deb a fair bit. But, you know, I moved to Thailand in 1999, September, with this idea of starting uh, an upmarket travel company. And slowly over the years, we achieved that and we built it into something. So literally um, was on the road at least 50% of the time leading trips or scouting trips or finding hotels and the other half in Bangkok in an office dealing with customers and managing a team and so I guess travel was really my lifeblood for ooh, over 13 years how about you Trevor well you know my my parents have always traveled and, and when we were kids they would pull us out of school and take us to to Colombia or Venezuela or Mexico or to Hawaii where we ended up you know so it's kind of something that that had always been natural to me so after moving here to asia and starting to get involved in in travel writing um, everybody just thought that was the normal progression of, of my life hmm so you feel like travel's almost always been your career or part of your life yeah and and to some degree a curse you know because it's something that I, I wasn't able to escape from and i guess like there's some people who you know like it's the dream to always travel all the time but you know after mm. a while it does get travel gets tiring and and that's why it's going to be interesting to talk to deb and dave and i enjoy talking to people who who do it professionally as well and everybody has a different uh, take on uh, living on the road yeah yeah you know and 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 making travel or another part of the world your life and your career. I mean, it's great. Don't get me wrong, but there's a few challenges I found. I mean, I was pretty young when I left, so I didn't really think of the consequences. But at a certain point, you're giving up the chance for a real career path and career routes back in your home countries. You're no longer going to be able to vote. I know that a big one for, for me living over here, too, is a credit. Like, you can't really just go and get a home loan or a car loan and stuff like that. So those are some of the other ones. And some of the other little challenges I found when I was traveling a lot is that it can be a little tough to maintain friendships of a certain sort. Like, yes, you get to know all kinds of people all over the place, but you're not really home enough to get super tight with a certain group of people or be parts of clubs. Like, I remember I always wanted to play in, like, a softball league, but I couldn't do that because I, I couldn't commit enough to it regularly. So what are some of the challenges you've sort of noted in, in this nomadic kind of lifestyle, Trevor? 
Yeah, I think you kind of nailed it there. I mean, just uh, going on the road for, for months at a time, uh, sometimes I have to you know, give up my apartment and move all my stuff into storage. And then I come back and I have to find a new apartment again. And, and my friends are always like, Oh, you know, when did you get back to town? Even though I'd been back in town for like a year. So like you said, like it is hard to, to maintain any sort of commitment or relationship uh, to lots of different things, whether it's a friend or an apartment or, you know, buying a car. Like I couldn't even imagine doing something like that with my lifestyle. So I think those are the things that you trade off when you set off on this kind of adventure. Yeah. And I remember one of the funny things about your life is like once or twice a year, you would be have a going away party. And I'd be like, man, how many times can you have a going away party? But you always made a point to have one because like, oh, I'm going to go to Bali for two or three months to work on this book or Cambodian. So that to me was a positive of your nomadic lifestyles. We always got to come to lots of fun parties. You know, it's funny. It's almost like the, the, the reverse boy who cried wolf. Like I threw away all these going away <laughs> parties and, and everybody yeah. stopped believing it. And then eventually I think everybody just believed that I left and, and, I, and I'm still here. Now, before we bring him in, I mean, one of the things I find really interesting about Dave and Deb is that, I mean, here are two people that are traveling as a couple. They're married and they're running a business together. And like, you know, I, we've both traveled with people a lot, be it a, a friend or be it someone you meet in the road or or be it a romantic partner. How, how would you deal with that kind of challenge? Um, you know, I, I don't really know because uh, most of the time when I traveled, I, I travel solo and traveling with friends was a bit of a challenge. So I, I have done some travel with uh, girlfriends and uh, there's obviously unique challenges inherent in that situation, but I, I can't even imagine what it would be like doing it full time with someone. Yeah, nor can I. I can't really imagine doing it full-time, period, but let alone, like, I love my wife, but I, I don't think it would be a, a great thing for us to do full-time. So I really admire them. So on that note, let's get to it. Uh, let's bring our guests. Our guests today are Dave and Deb. They are a couple that's been married for over 16 years. They're Canadian, and a trip through Southeast Asia for seven months in 2003 and four sort of set them on a completely new life path. Then in 2008, they joined the world's longest bike race, a tour to Afrique. They're now professional travelers. They've traveled all seven continents in over 80 countries. So joining us from Woodstock, Ontario, Canada, are Dave and Deb. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having us, Scott. Really glad to be here, actually. <laughs> Hi, everybody. We're here in freezing cold Canada right now in Woodstock. Hey. I, I know you're all really jealous of our exotic location. Yeah, well, I'm in Bangkok, so uh, or sorry, I'm in Kuala Lumpur, and it's hot here. And Trevor's in Bangkok, so we uh, we're suffering the opposite. I'm actually sweating in the room I'm recording from. So, Dave and Deb, how long have you actually been traveling professionally? We started traveling professionally in 2009, right a, a year after the Tour d'Afrique. Um, we took off again. We worked, we came back home and really got our bearings about how to start our travel blog and make a career out of this. And then one year later, after coming back from Africa, we were back on the road and we set our sights on India, Nepal, and Sri Lanka at that time. So yeah, we've been going nonstop now since then. Yeah. Seems like a long time. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It seems longer than it is actually. It's not that long to tell you. The no. truth. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what, six years or so now. So what was the impetus for you to actually decide to start traveling professionally? Well, it was a long time coming for us, actually. And I, we got the travel bug in 2000 when we took our first trip to, to Thailand for five weeks. Um, that really changed our life. And we realized that there was a lot more out there besides our careers. We had spent the last decade of our lives working on just our careers in the film industry and travel right. woke us up. 
But um, then we were planning and thinking, trying to decide how can we become full-time travelers. So we started uh, okay. taking up scuba diving, thinking maybe we'll be dive masters. And then we were cycling, thinking maybe we'll lead some tours around the world. At one point, we wanted to buy a bar in Belize. You know, yeah. we were thinking of all these things. And then in 2003, that's when we took our trip again, you know, after just being so inspired by that trip to Thailand, we took off to travel around Southeast Asia, thinking that we'll miraculously figure things out, which we didn't. <laughs> we had to come back right, in 2004 right. and go back to work again. Um, and then, you know, but we still were going, we were still never gave up on that dream of going, how are we going to um, become full-time travelers? Yeah. So it was like, you know, when we came up with this idea of doing the world's longest cycling race. That was sort of our idea. We, the, our first idea to get into traveling was to get a travel show. That was our original idea of what we wanted to do. Okay. So the reason, or the, the way for us to do that was to do something epic and so that we would stand out. So that's why we did the, the, the Tour d'Afrique to sort of kick off this, uh, adventure, this adventure couple, adventure couple idea. idea and, and sort of solidify our brand over the four months of doing this race. Yeah, yeah that's, that's incredible. Wow, that's really something, A, just the bike race, but then, you know, it, it moved you on. So, I mean, you guys have, let's say, you turned in your amateur status traveling years ago and you turned pro. What have you found is the biggest kind of adjustment to this sort of travel and self-promoting lifestyle. You're no longer just doing it for a month or even two months here and there. You're, you're doing it full time. So what's the biggest adjustment you've found? Uh, yeah, I think the biggest adjustment is just sort of uh, getting used to being in different places all the time. I mean, when, when we traveled before, we did do some long travels and stuff like that. But now being on the road for... God, how long have we been on the road now? Like, six, going like, on six like, years like, now. like, going on six years. I think the original challenge was sort of just, uh, you know, getting used to being away for that long, and also, you know, being able to manage a business on the road. Because I think that that's been a real challenge for us. I think it's finding balance. I think uh, we've been finding that we get too absorbed in in working, and we've forgotten. We're that's one of our goals this year is to find that balance again. Mm -hmm. Because we've been working so much, we've been sort of letting the the fun of travel go. Yes. And I think that's, uh, especially in the last two years, we've been kind of taking campaigns and jobs and working and travel is still fun and it's the best career on earth, but we haven't found the right balance where instead we're just going on no sleep, we're working <laughs> too hard and then we're, all we're doing is taking photos and videos and running on to the next destination. You know? And I think that's just sort of, uh, you know, that's sort of the, uh, the, the way of the entrepreneur, you sort of get sucked into your own business. Right, right. I can empathize to a certain degree because we, of course, first met when you joined one of our trips in Thailand years ago. And I always enjoyed what I did. But there did even for me become a point where, yeah, when you're always traveling, you sort of forget how lucky you are or you're checking emails till one, two in the morning. And, and, and you sort of realize like, man, I got to take a vacation from this vacation lifestyle. Exactly. People always ask us, well, what do you do for vacation? And we said we actually sit and watch TV for, <laughs> you know, well, binge watch TV series. And that's a vacation for us because really taking off to a, an exotic destination isn't a vacation because we're always thinking about it's more of a temptation than yeah. anything else. Well, we're always thinking sure. about what photo to get, what story. What I mean, yeah. yeah. Exactly. So do you guys actually have, quote unquote, a home or a residence at all in Canada anymore? Because I know when I've been in Asia for over 15 years and, and the question of where is home can begin to become a difficult one to answer. So so where is home for you? 
Yeah, we don't. Uh, we do not have a home. We don't have a residence. Uh, when we are back here in Canada or in Woodstock, as we are now, we stay at Deb's mom and dad's. They're kind enough to uh, to let us stay with them. We have our own little place in the basement there where we have stored <laughs> what basement yeah what 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 is what is left of our our possessions. We got rid of uh, almost everything in our our storage area a couple of years ago and just kept uh, things that were precious to us from our travels and from our life together. So that's uh, that's scaled down to a few boxes. So we are on the road, you know, all, pretty much all the time. Yeah, yeah, we're in a little bit of a, a, a break right now because Dave had an accident in Peru, so he has about mm. three months of recovery. But uh, yeah, most of the time we're just popping in and out. And it's quite nice. We've considered, you know, getting a, a place in, in Bangkok even or, or in Mexico. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we love the city. We love all these places that we stay, but... It's kind of it. It makes us come home and see our friends and family, which is really important to yeah. us, because otherwise we would just right. never be back in Canada. So this is our way. We come home. We have a little visit. Never overstay our welcome. And then off <laughs> exactly. we go again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you mentioned you know that you sold off a lot of your possessions. Which my next question was actually I watched one of your online videos on your site, and you mentioned that you were selling off all the the possessions. And I'm just wondering how you feel now being kind of free of such things that most of your your friends at home and your family they probably you know work hard to to pay down the mortgage to have a car to have the big new flat screen television and and how do you guys feel now that your life doesn't really it's not tied to these things i i love it i think this is something that we sort of been striving for but and you know it's kind of in our blood i i found it so liberating uh scaling down our possessions and sort of you know, making our own lifestyle on the road. I, I really love that. It's, yeah. it's incredibly freeing. Yeah, I don't miss anything. No. I just, when I was younger, I really cared about what car I had. I really cared about so many things. And now I just feel so free. You know, I don't, mm -hmm. I don't ever, I don't sit and go, wow, I really, I guess, I guess in a sense, I have a lot of great electronics. And I guess maybe that's where <laughs> I have my <laughs> yeah, computers, yeah. our cameras, cameras you yeah. know, things like that. I really... I get into like the new iPhone and things like that, <laughs> but it's, yeah, sure. it's a, a different thing. I, yeah, I don't, I don't feel the need. It's really strange. And I think that's why we have yet to really settle down again. Cause I haven't, neither yeah. of us have felt the need to go, I need that home. Yeah. I need that place. I don't know if we ever will. I've, I've had a similar thing. I remember maybe six, seven years ago, my parents once asked me like, Oh, is there anything you want for your birthday? And I, I really couldn't think of anything. I'm like, well, I have a TV and I have a DVD player and I don't know, I had a Walkman or whatever you use at that time. And it, it is, I found it kind of nice. I'm like, well, I mean, of course, like a great sports bike or something like would be nice. But yeah, just really realizing you only need certain things is a bit liberating at a certain point. So I, I guess I'm wondering next is... I mean, you decided to do this professionally and you created a blog. Maybe you can actually tell us, can you roughly tell us the steps like in that first year or two, how you got yourselves ramped up to be doing this professionally? Yeah. Once we came back from the Tour d'Afrique and we failed at uh, selling a TV show, which we, we thought we were going to be amazing yeah. and get this big TV show and off we go to the Discovery Channel or something. But um, when that failed... We knew that we we were on to something, so we started looking into ways. We were originally thinking like, well, Dave has uh, taken a lot of photography courses and workshops, mm. and I had done writing workshops, and we thought, let's look into travel writing and photography, but we didn't want to start pitching people and having to start sort of all over again in that sense, and we wanted to make our own brand. And coming from the TV and film background, we said, let's 
work at being these online celebrities and that's yeah. what we uh, decided to focus on so we were really we spent a year again before we traveled just building that we had to, at that point we had been to about 40 countries and we had almost a decade of travel um, okay. like during the winter under our belt so we had a lot of stories to tell and we told our story about our you know being a couple mm -hmm. and our trials and tribulations in life and people just seemed to really it seemed to resonate with people and it took off yeah and, and then we you know we sat down and said okay so what do we need to do to make this a business so we said we've got the blog uh, we need to promote our personal brand and our and our personalities and you know what's that going to take it's going to we decided that we need to be on the road for at least five years so yeah. that was our plan from the beginning to be on the road for wow. five years uh, and and you know go to all the places we always wanted to go to and build our content and get our our personalities out there so that we could develop an online following that was uh, that was loyal and that was interested in what we were doing okay so at what point in this venture did you decide you know what we really need some official sponsors to take this to the next level because I, I noticed you've been sponsored by Expedia American Express among others so how how important was it to find sponsors to really make it a viable living that was exactly the plan that we were going for mm -hmm. when we were thinking about okay. uh, the, the from the film business we were thinking about how actors and uh, sports people are you know our spokespeople and, and ambassadors and we were thinking I think that's what we want to be in travel I remember seeing Ian yeah. Wright he used to host pilot guides. He was, mm -hmm. um, you know, he was an, a yeah. canon ambassador. And I remember that first year when we were traveling, trying to make things happen, we were like, I want to do that. Yeah. You know, I want to be an ambassador for canon or something like that. For brands that we believe in. Yes. So, yeah. And we thought, what better way to make a business out of this than to become spokespeople mm -hmm. for brands that we love. So. Yeah. So it really, it was our plan from the beginning that we, we wanted to do that, but we learned when we didn't have the, when the TV show failed, we learned that we had to raise our profile. Like people that we talked to, production, um, like production companies said, we love the idea, but nobody knows you. How do we sell it? And that's what we said. Yeah. We have to build our brand online. Yeah. And that's what happened. People came to us, um, like Expedia approached us, American Express approached us. We just kept building and working on our brand and our story and our content. And then people started coming to us saying, We'd like you to be ambassadors. We'd like you to be spokespeople. Very cool. I noticed that you you mentioned that you hired a publicist at a point. Was this like a, a worthwhile step to take? Uh, most definitely. I mean, for us, it was an expensive step to take, most definitely. But, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, for, but for sure, it was worth it. I mean, in those early days when we were starting to build our brand and when we went out on the Tour d'Afrique, you know, before that, the publicist got us uh, national TV interviews. We were writing for a national newspaper. Uh, we got a lot of media appearances here. So very quickly she helped raise our profile to to something that we could get a foothold and, and start to market the planet d as a brand so i think it was a really important step uh to, to to getting us to that next level right right so at what point in this this business and i i find it it's funny i i've known for years what you guys do and i knew that it was a full-time career but until our conversation i guess i never really thought of it like a business not unlike my travel business or any business where you need a plan and and you need to make it viable so at what point was this actually a viable business for you and paying the bills kind of full-time and, and a comfortable lifestyle it was a good two years and that's why i think um it helps to have that career beforehand because we had some savings we had a plan and uh you know a lot of people that go into travel blogging fresh out of college they wouldn't have that 
that yeah. cushion. So we, I remember okay. after mm-hmm. traveling for a while going, man, we're starting to run out of money and I don't want to go into our, you know, we've been investing, we're older. So we had been investing into our retirement for years. I was like, I don't want to touch that retirement fund, but our savings that we set aside for travel, it's starting mm-hmm. to run out. But it was, we, we were really living lean. An entire year, we made no money whatsoever. Almost two years. Wow. And then no two money. years, and then yeah. two years, we started making a little bit here and there where we were like, yeah. okay, we're getting a little bit in that we can. And that was just enough to sort of sustain, like it would be like, it would be sort of piecemeal, you know, like something would come in that would sustain us for a month. Yeah. And then, you know, we didn't know where the next month was coming from. So, you know, we'd have to pursue different things or, you know, something, somebody would come knocking on our door that, you know, would give us some money for whether it be a sponsored story or something yeah. in the early days that allowed us to sort of continue traveling yeah. because it did come to the point where we were like, you know, we were almost out of money. So, um, yeah, and we did it um, in ways that people would say, like, at, we we didn't know a lot about the internet, so when somebody said they wanted to buy a text link, we were sitting in Sri Lanka going, we're running out of cash, and somebody said, I want to buy, you know, I have a sarong business, I want to buy a link on your post to a sarong company for a year, and right. that got us through another month of travel. All we were like was, yeah, let's do it, yeah. <laughs> you know? Cool, cool. We weren't thinking about any of the, you know, that wasn't a sustainable model, but we were thrilled to sell something like that. Sure. So I'm sure you guys get people emailing you all the time asking how to make it happen. And recently we did an issue on uh, people called digital nomads that, you know, they're doing work, not reporting on their travels necessarily, but they're they're just traveling the globe and working full time. And and the one guy really cautioned, he's like, I don't recommend anyone get into thinking they can, you know, travel and blog about it and make money. It's super difficult. So what would your kind of words of wisdom or advice to be to somebody that just thinks, oh, you know, I'm going to start selling and recording my travels? Well, I would say make sure you have a plan. Definitely. It's not a it's not an easy road. It hasn't been an easy road for us. You know, we put a lot of time into this beforehand before we even, like I said, even made any money and 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 doing it on the road and being a digital nomad, I think you really need to think about your lifestyle and how you're going to make it into a business and how you're going to stand out. Because nowadays the travel blogosphere is being, you know, inundated and saturated by people who think that they can just start up a blog because they're doing a one year trip and, and, and make money out of it. You know, yeah. so it's you really have to have an idea and a plan. Yeah. And my biggest piece of advice I've been saying to people a lot lately is travel first. A lot of people, it does mm-hmm. look glamorous, and it is a glamorous lifestyle. You're traveling around the world, but you need to go out and travel and figure out what you love about travel. What's your story? Get your own story happening. You can't just say, okay, I'm going to go travel and blog about it and not even know why you're compelled to travel. Like we traveled for nearly a decade, and travel brought us closer together as a couple. Adventure brought mm-hmm. our lives more excitement. Everything about our travels is what made our story and I think people need to give themselves time just to travel and not even think about blogging yet. That's a really interesting point. And, and you mentioned kind of how it's affected your relationship. Like, man, I love my wife, but even when we travel for a couple of weeks, there's always a good battle in there somewhere. So I'm wondering, like, you mentioned that a five-week trip to Thailand saved your marriage on one of your blogs. So I'm wondering, you know, how do you guys really maintain that? I mean, you guys are traveling together you're running a business and you're documenting it together. How do you how do you make that all work? Well, you know, it's all I always say it's it's two things. It's it's compromise and it's communication. Those are two things that really for us are key. It's about 
keeping an open mind and really talking about things. And you know, that's not to say we don't uh, we don't have a few battles on the road. I mean that that happens to every single relationship. But uh, we've we've learned over the years mm-hmm. that by communicating and compromising. Um, you know, it's really been a great way for us to build our relationship. Yeah, and we get over things quickly. We'll have, we always say we're really passionate people and we have really passionate fights. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, we get over them quickly. We'll have, when you're on the road, there's a high stress. Sure. Really, and you can't, you can't hold it against each other. If you say something nasty or if you have a huge fight, you can't hold that grudge forever. We can have a huge fight and then 10 minutes later be laughing and it's completely forgotten about <laughs> And I think that's important to that's, just be able to let yeah. things go. But man, we can have a great fight in the moment. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, that's really cool that you're able to to kind of let fights go and move on. And obviously, that's probably important in any relationship, whether you travel or work together. So that's really neat. Um, I mean, I was I was flabbergasted when I went through your site because it had been a while since I'd really looked at it and just all the content that's on there. And I'm wondering, like I always say, I'm not asking you for the biggest or the best, but what are some of the accomplishments or things you've you've done or that have happened over the last, say, five, six years that really kind of stick out that you're like, man, I'm really proud of that? Well, I would say for me, uh, the Tour d'Afrique was one heck of an accomplishment for us. And not just because it was the first massive adventure that we did, but just, um, you know, we went through so much. Uh, we And, you know, in the end, we accomplished the goals that we set out to do with the Tour d'Afrique. You know, there were two things we wanted to do. We wanted to win and we wanted to have EFI, which is riding uh, every single day and every fabulous inch. And, and you know, <laughs> Deb won the women's race and, and I finished with EFI. So it was an incredible sense of accomplishment, you know, riding 12,000 kilometers over four months and making it to the end and, and, and yeah. actually accomplishing what we set out to do. And for me, that will always stick in my mind as one of the biggest achievements I've ever done in my life. Yeah, wow. that was a huge one to start mm-hmm. off for sure. For me, it was uh, this summer learning to whitewater kayak. It was something I never thought I would do. I was terrified to give it a try. I'm not a fan of water, and we did it in Canada, which is cold water. I hate going upside (laughs) down in the water. I hate hate everything about it. Every aspect of it. Yeah. So, you know, and it was a challenge when we were working with Ontario Tourism, and that was one of the things, and we just had to go for it, and it was... I couldn't believe I enjoyed it. I I mastered the role by the end of the week and I was, you know, kayaking class two and three mm-hmm. rapids. And I was, that was huge for me because I've overcome a lot of my water fears. I've had a big fear of water yeah. and uh, you just sort of fo- forced to do it. You know, I did the polar plunge in Antarctica and Greenland and I didn't want to, oh. like, I'm a person that I won't even go in, <laughs> like, you know, if, if, if water's not bath water, I won't go in. And here I am jumping in both poles and believe me, if you ever watch our videos, I hated it and I was terrified, but I did it. And I'm so happy that I did. I would also say for me, another <laughs> huge accomplishment for, for me was uh, actually last year up here in Ontario where we did this trek up in the Arctic watershed where we, uh, oh, it was yeah. all traditional camping. Uh, we made our own moccasins. It was, it was snowshoes. We pulled all our own gear on sleds. Uh, for 100 kilometers between rail lines in the dead of winter in northern Ontario. Yeah, we had to cut down trees for our own firewood and chip through a meter of ice. So some of the things we've done have surprised me because the whole point of our blog was to show that adventure is for everyone. Like anyone can do it. We're two people that are not super athletes. If you see us, we're just, we look like regular normal people. And then we go out yeah. and do it. And that's our, my favorite thing when somebody writes me and says, you know, I didn't think I could do this, but I saw that you did it and I'm going to go for it. And 
that is exactly what we want to do. We want to inspire people to step out of their comfort zone and give things a try because you can do it. You know, the rewards are just unbelievable when you do do it. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, you know, going back to the business side a wee bit, I mean, there's so much on your site and there's a lot on there about how people can blog and publish their travels, but not really anything on website design. And obviously your website and keeping it functional and current um, is important. And I really like the new here button on your homepage, but I'm wondering how long did it really take you to learn how to build and manage and design a site? And, and how important is that to your career now? It's, it's super important. And it's, you know, I don't think I, I, will, I will ever finish learning. <laughs> It's, a, it's always a work in progress. It seems like something that never gets done. We're going through a complete redesign right now. So yeah. uh, we're, okay. we're, we're redoing it and restructuring it. But we've it. hired someone. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, when you get to a certain point, you just can't do it yourself. So we've yeah, The technical end and the design end of things, yeah. But I think that, you know, what we've learned is we've learned about what our readers want and, and sort of yeah. where our readers want to go on our site. So that's, and that's always changing. So as that changes, as does, so does the website. So you we're never happy with the website. No, it's always ongoing. Yeah. There's a always month, something. A month sure. from now we're planning a big, it should be launched. So hopefully, mm-hmm. <laughs> hopefully you'll see a new website. It's been in yeah, yeah. a couple months, but it's, it's all about a- making it easier for people to dig into our content. Like you said, we have a ton of content there. So sort of making it easier for people to navigate and get to where they want to go is the ultimate goal of the website. Yeah. So, and I think and- it's been a challenge for a lot of us bloggers that have been around for a while mm-hmm. because with mobile taking over and people really just reading on their phones and their tablets you know, we've had to really change our website that way. The websites have changed so much yeah. since we started. So it's just, it seems like every mm-hmm. year we're, we're evolving and changing it. So it's going to be an ongoing process forever, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man, I, I, I keep seeing it, but I love how this little interview has turned into more a business story almost. Like, of course, the, the theme here is traveling. But now, like a lot of good business people, you're realizing that your skills and your time are better spent on other things. So you've hired somebody to to do the website, which is, is really neat. That's, that's very, very cool. Um, you, you know, travel tips are, are something that are always important. And one of my favorite rules, and I didn't come up with it, and I'm actually really bad at sticking to it, is, is to really pack half as many clothes or things that you need or you think you need or just, you know, pack and then take half of it out of the bag. Are there any kind of really key and important travel tips you guys have? Well, we are the worst. We overpack. You know, we have gone on trips with some other media and they're like, I thought you two were professional travelers. You are carrying a lot of luggage. <laughs> you know, so mm-hmm. we're just like, because we're on the road all the time. I remember another guy that travels a lot. He said, not as many people are just nonstop nomads. So we carry everything yeah. with us. Yeah. We have a big duffel bag and a, a backpack and then our backpack carry-ons. So we carry a lot. Um, you know, a lot of the staples that we have are electronics. Electronics. We really are big. Uh, we love the Belkin Mini Surge Protector. <laughs> I love that. I, okay. I I swear by that. Since since I first started traveling, I think it's a really great thing. Whether you're a blogger or not, you know, you can plug your camera, your electronics. It it, it it's a surge protector. Uh-huh. It has three plugs. And it has uh, two USB ports, so you can charge everything at once. I'm all for that. And I would say for like a good packing tip is we use these uh, Eagle Creek packing cubes, which yeah. really mm-hmm. like uh, they're like little compression sacks. Yeah, since we discovered and, those, uh, our packing has changed. Our packing has gotten much better since doing those. It keeps it organized and a lot more compact. So. And I'm going to go with the staple we always do, and everyone gets a kick out of it. But we swear by Gold Bond. 
We go for. <laughs> we don't leave home without it. We go for treks yeah. where we're yeah. going for days on end with no shower, or you're in hot, you know, you get that yeah. prickly yeah. hot heat. Gold Bond is fantastic for men and women. <laughs> That's our little tip. You know, I remember those ads when I was a kid in Canada, and they usually featured older people, and I didn't get it. And I use it here too, or similar products, because in the hot and the heat, my thighs rub together. And I agree, I have like the equivalent of Gold Bond in my toiletries kit, and like I'm terrified to go anywhere without it. Same, you know I'm who's, with you. who's selling it now here? Shaquille O'Neal. Yes, Shaq is the guy. You're not here, but in uh, in the states, he's the <laughs> spokesman, and we're like, that should be us, man. <laughs> Two more questions for you here, and then I'll, I'll let you loose so you can watch some series on TV and have a vacation. Um, what's what's on the horizon here this coming year? What's sort of you guys have been to a ton of places. What are what are the dream spots you're still wanting to get to, and the things you really want to do? Yeah. Okay. So we're well. We will be kicking out the year. I should be good to travel um, by uh, the March. beginning of March. So we're heading to Alberta to Banff, Alberta to um, explore some of the backcountry there uh, with some okay. local okay. photographers. So that should be good, cool. and uh, then yeah. then then moving to something more warm. <laughs> then we'll be heading to uh, to Hawaii and the Caribbean, I believe, in the wow. Caribbean, and then into Spain. And we'll, we're going to actually be parking our butts in Spain for a little bit, yeah. uh, a, a few months, to sort of uh, take awesome. in and absorb awesome. the culture there and explore a little bit of Europe while we're there. Yeah, and for my dream trips, uh, we still have yet to see the gorillas in in Rwanda and Uganda, and I really want to do that at some point very soon. Um, Lofton, Norway is another one for me. I'd really love to go to Norway. Yeah. Uh, preferably in the summer, not the winter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'd like to see uh, the polar bears in Churchill. Or oh. uh, if we go to, if we see them in Norway, that's amazing too. I, we, I'm about, like, I haven't seen gorillas. I haven't seen polar bears. There's, they're the things that are really high on my list. Mm-hmm. So. Great. Great. Well, it's, it's great that even after so many years of traveling, there's still spots you haven't been and things you haven't done, which kind of, you know, remind everyone the world is, while we can get around the world into places quickly, it, it still is kind of a big place. So I guess my final question for you is, is wondering, how long do you plan to keep traveling full time? I mean, I, is there a point you see where you're like, ooh, that's just going to be enough? Or like, how long are you going to keep doing this? It's funny. We were just talking about that. Someone said, where will you be five years from now? And I, my answer was, I think, do, similar. It's going to be yeah. where we are. We really like what we're doing. We like where we are. I think we're just going to go slower. It's just uh, just like, you know, we're going to spend a, a few months in Europe this summer. So I think I, I, at the moment, I don't see it. You know, next year, you may hear I bought a house somewhere and I'm staying. But at the moment, I see us continually traveling, but just doing it at a slower pace. How Definitely. Yeah, think, yeah I do. I, I, I do see us continuing to do that. I, I've, I, I've fallen in love with, I guess, sort of the perpetual travel lifestyle and I don't really see that changing anytime soon. Me either. It'd be, it'd be quite hard. It's kind of funny because we're at home here in Canada now. Dave, uh, he broke two vertebrae in his back and through. I don't know if we uh, said that or not, but mm-hmm. we've been mm. we've been here for two months now at my parents' place there in Florida. So we're kind of living a domestic life, and I'm like, there's a lot of work involved in being <laughs> domestic. I have to clean the house. <laughs> I have to cook. I'm, yeah. I'm going in, I'm going shopping and you know, I it's, forgot about all those things. I'm paying bills. I'm doing, it's kind of funny. And uh, that's got its own charm in it, but I forgot, like it's not something I'm used to being on the road. Yeah. 
Well, it's, I mean, I, I just love looking at your website and seeing what you've accomplished. I mean, I think we met about five years ago in Thailand traveling and, you know, being Canadians too. Um, it's great to see that you guys are kind of leading this, this charge recording your travels. So thanks so much for sharing the story with us and giving us your time. Cause I know you're really super busy and good luck healing and, and this year traveling guys. Well, thank you very much, Scott. You know, it was really great to chat with you. Hopefully, we'll be able to catch with you, catch up with you in Bangkok at some time or wherever well, you in are Kuala in the world. Lumpur Kuala Lumpur, right maybe it'll be there. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. Th- thank you very much. Yeah, we have plans yeah. actually of coming back to Southeast Asia at the end of summer. So hopefully, okay. we'll see you there. It'd be great. I would love to buy you a couple cold drinks. Awesome. <laughs> okay. So I found it really interesting how they kept touching on the fact that they run this as a business. Like, of course, I knew it was a business and they've got to maintain income not only for just traveling, but for for paying the bills and savings and stuff. But having been an entrepreneur myself, I mean, they said from right from the beginning that they they made, you know, they didn't say business plan, but it sounds like they made a business plan. They knew they had to start getting known in the marketplace they hired a publicist they they sought out ads and and yeah it's just to me it's a business not unlike yeah any other and business. you know what that's cool too because that gives them the liberty to kind of go and do whatever they want to do because what i thought was the coolest uh listening to them because of my technical difficulties that was all i was able to do um but listening to them talk about how they wanted to go see mountain gorillas and they, they wanted to go to norway and and just that freedom to really get to go and see and do anything and everything all over the world is is pretty amazing yeah yeah that's i mean that's super cool but uh yeah it's not easy like you got to think if you google travel bloggers or travel blogs there's a gazillion out there but i'm sure it's very very few that can actually make a living off and it sounds as if they're they're doing just that yeah you know and they seem like they're really enjoying themselves uh I know they touched on a little bit about uh, doing it as a couple. You asked them a question there towards the end. But uh, I think that's a pretty fascinating aspect of their story as well. The fact that, uh, you know, it helped save their relationship and it's kind of revitalized their lives. And um, they're really lucky in that regard that, that they have all of these pieces of the puzzle really coming together for them really nicely. Yeah, and I'm also surprised that they seem to have an infinite vision on this thing because I know, you know, when I was part of a travel company, I, I got tired of travel and yet mine were only like a couple weeks on the road at the most and I knew exactly what I was doing. I was actually literally controlling the trip, usually hosting other people. But that that lifestyle of always being on the road wore thin for me. I mean, the not, it, it gets tough to, to maintain a real friend network, you know, wherever you live and, and not having a bed or a place to call home. So, I mean, it's not for everyone. And the fact that they seem to completely love this part of their life, what, six years later, and they have no plans to stop doing it also is, is quite fascinating to me. Yeah, they must seem just particularly suited to the lifestyle and, and to each other and to, to both be on that same wavelength is, uh, I guess is the, the recipe to their success. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was super cool to have them on here. So thanks uh, for everyone for listening and hope you enjoyed this episode of Talk Travel Asia. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode. So from Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, this is Scott Coates signing off. This is Trevor Ranges in Bangkok, Thailand, and we look forward to you joining us in two weeks. Thanks for joining us on Talk Travel Asia. We look forward to sharing with you again soon. Hey Scott, do you remember the time we walked on top of the wall in Khor Tham and Kemper?